From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Welcome back to episode number four of the Cannabis Podcast. If you were just tuning in for the first time, welcome. We're glad you dropped by for a podcast on a Canadian's cannabis culture. And that's what our focus is. Let's talk about cannabis and let's talk about all aspects of cannabis and do so in a way that enlightens, engages, and perhaps also entertains. This week, it's been a busy week. We've been talking to a whole bunch of people. We've got interviews lined up for the next two or three weeks. This week, here's what's up in store for you. You may have heard me talk last week about a gift that my son was giving me, and I changed it into a gift from the BC Cannabis Stores. That gift arrived, so I can't think of a better strain explain to do than that one. And that is on Galliano from Broken Coast. That is coming up in this episode. We'll have a little bit of an update on retail, because things are slowly changing here in the Okanagan and elsewhere. We now have our third private retailer in British Columbia. We'll touch on that a little bit. We've got a great conversation coming up with an independent cannabis retailer from Newfoundland. I'm sure it's somebody you'll recognize from that infamous day of October 17th, when everybody was trying to be the first to buy or sell cannabis. We have Thomas H. Clark lined up for our conversation this week. And in addition to that, we are going to touch on a whole bunch of different things, some stuff we've got coming up in the new year, and a whole bunch of other fun. And who knows, because this is the episode just before Christmas, there may also be a special visitor who suddenly shows up. Ho, 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 ho. Let's get on with episode number four of the Cannabis Podcast. This is a week where we have had more activity in retailing here in British Columbia from a cannabis perspective than we have for a while. Wow, big change. There's been one new store. <laughs> Our third private retailer is now open way up north in Pouscoupé, although they would consider themselves not to be up north. But that is the third private retailer that is open. We're still waiting for some activity here in the Okanagan. Word is that Lake Country did reevaluate their assessment of changing some of the bylaws to allow a cannabis retailer. And it looks like, last word is, they might actually be open just after the new year. Sometime in the first week of January, we were expecting that there may be a store in Lake Country. This week, we talked with both the City of Kelowna and the City of Penticton. We'll feature those interviews next week because they're going to give you a bit better perspective of what's happening with the larger municipalities. It seems in my mind that the smaller municipalities are a little quicker, a little more limber in being able to get all the regulations in place and have their private retailers for cannabis up and running. We saw it in Kimberley, and we also in the future hope to have Tamara on from Tamarack Cannabis in Kimberley at some point later on. We hope to talk to her in January. So the landscape is changing. There are now becoming more and more outlets for retail. But unfortunately here in the Okanagan, based on the discussions we had this week with both Penticton and the city of Kelowna, we're likely not going to see a retailer until late spring and perhaps early summer. But at least the landscape is changing ever so slightly. Of course, the other big news from this week 
is that the federal government laid out the proposed rules for cannabis edibles. There's been a lot of talk of it ever since cannabis was legalized on October 17th. But, of course, in any of the legal stores right now, you cannot buy edibles. You will be able to do so. Let's see, on October 17th, what a surprise, 2019. So another year before edibles will be on the shelf. And some of the proposed regulations that they have put forth is edibles must be shelf-stable. In other words, they do not require refrigeration or freezing. Edibles must offer consumers nutritional information, including the ingredients in the best-before date. Naturally occurring caffeine in items like chocolate, tea, or coffee is allowed, but the use of caffeine as an additive is prohibited. Extracts can contain flavoring agents, but no sugars, sweeteners, or sweetening agents. Obviously trying to get away from any appeal to kids here in cannabis edibles. Flavors that appeal to youth, for example, such as dessert or confectionery flavors, are banned on packaging and labeling of cannabis extracts. Use of meat products, poultry, or fish is banned unless it's dried by someone authorized under provincial or territorial law. Really, there are people who are authorized to dry fish and poultry? Wow, I'm learning so much in this world. And finally, forms that pose a greater risk to health, such as eye drops or needles, will be prohibited in the cannabis edibles platform. So another change in our ever-expanding cannabis world is occurring cannabis edibles Legislation has been placed. They're looking for your contributions. The federal government is encouraging everyone to contribute to the discussion. And I think you've got about 60 days to contribute to that discussion. So take a look, do a search for the federal government cannabis edibles legislation, and then you'll find a link to where you can add your opinion. And it's a good thing that everybody gets involved so that we do this right and we don't have to redo it all over again. Edibles coming our way. October 17th, 2019. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. I have been looking forward to this interview since I first started the podcast. He was one of the first people I wanted to talk to, but he's a very busy guy. So connecting his schedule on the East Coast with my schedule close to the West Coast was difficult, but today is that day. And I am very pleased to introduce you to an independent retailer from Portugal Cove, Newfoundland, Mr. Thomas H. Clark. Thomas, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. And Thomas is the owner of THC Distribution in Newfoundland. What is THC Distribution, Thomas? Well, I'm uh, Thomas H. Clark, and uh, my business, THC Distribution, is the first legal place in Canada to sell cannabis in the whole country. And I've been flat out selling cannabis for the government for the last two months. <laughs> wow, good for you. And and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast, because you were one of the first to sell legal cannabis in the country. And I understand that you actually sold that to your dad. Yeah, my father was my first customer. And, you know, he's been uh, my favorite person to smoke with over the years. And, you know, I had a... I had a couple of celebrities and a couple of uh, companies who approached me wanting to be the first customer. And I, I said, you know, uh, we can do a mock video of you being the first customer, but my father is going to be my actual first customer. Uh, that is so cool, Thomas. I, I really love that story. And I also understand from reading some of the news on the event that he actually had to borrow some money from you in order to make that sale. Is that true? Uh, yes, because... 
because he didn't have any cash on him and he would have had to use a debit card and I wanted the transaction to go through quicker. So I just gave him a couple of twenties out of my pocket and he <laughs> bought some free roll joints <laughs> and he said it was a long time coming. You know, we always wanted to, he always thought that cannabis would be legalized uh, well before this. He figured that Trudeau's father was going to do it back in the day. That's right. But of course, uh, of course, that never happened, and uh, now we're here, and it's uh, pretty good. It's a good feeling. It is a really good feeling. I, I have to agree. So give me a sense of what the feeling was like in your store on, on that night when, when you sold the first pot. Oh, well, you know, there uh, we opened at midnight, so okay. we were uh, well ahead of the rest of the country. Uh, I know that there was three, I think there was three or four stores on the Avalon who opened at midnight to to claim to be the first place to sell cannabis in Canada. Right. You know, one of the places was a tweed store where their, you know, their VP or their president of the company came down and, and actually made the first sale. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an independent guy, you know, I've been advocating for cannabis legalization for years. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote all the provincial government, uh, MPs and MHAs at, say, you know, we need to localize this industry and you need to open it up to small businesses because that would be the best way to benefit Newfoundland and Labrador. Yeah. And, you know, through me going public about, you know, selling cannabis for a number of years and and always being uh, any chance I had to get on the radio to talk about how important it was to let small businesses open, I did. And I think I had a little bit of an impact. You know, I can't say I'm the reason why Newfoundland went this route, but I definitely had an impact. And then, you know, the RFP process, you know, the Newfoundland Liquor Corporation uh, took bids from different companies to see who they would give licenses to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough, of course, to, to be one of the chosen ones. And I think that was because of my big mouth, partially, but also because of the air. Uh, also because of the area I chose. You know, I chose the town of Portugal Cove, which is just outside of St. John's. I'm only eight minutes from the St. John's International Airport. Okay. But it's it's kind of off the radar for for most companies. So I knew that they were going to give one license to each postal code. Oh, okay. And I chose. So uh, choosing this postal code wasn't by fluke. I, it was actually pretty strategic on my behalf. <laughs> you sound like a very strategic individual. Yes, and uh, you know we've been open now for two months, and uh, I've done three hundred thousand dollars in sales. We've uh, we had one week where I never had any product, and then other weeks when I only had a small amount of what I would call uh, you know mediocre weed, okay. where some people w- wouldn't buy. So, uh, you know, all in all, I think once the supply issues get figured out, it's going to be pretty good. Uh, one thing I am a little upset about is the uh, the commission rate. You know, I only get about 7.5% commission off the cannabis I'm, I'm purchasing. So so my margins are tight. I have to, have to sell a lot of bags and papers and T-shirts and books and stuff like that in order to survive. But uh, at this point, you know, I'm making enough to pay my employees and to pay the bills and pay myself a salary. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty good uh, after only any retail store that's been open for two months who is uh, making enough to pay the bills and and pay the employees. I call that a win. I would call that a win, a double win. Well done, Thomas. That's excellent news. Some of the problems that I see about from from coast to coast is uh, 
the, the packaging is atrocious. Isn't it though? Right. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, we don't need 120 grams of packaging for three and a half grams of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. even worse, I, I've, I got some from the BC Cannabis Store, and they are selling yeah. one gram in essentially the well, the size of a small uh, aspirin bottle. Like, insane. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so and it's that's a, the same down here. It is the same there, eh? So uh, my what I think is a reasonable solution to this is to open up a hemp farm market where people can make some kind of a a plastic out of the the used cannabis stocks yeah. and add some hemp stock, add some hemp to that, and come up with a package that will break down over a small amount of time, but yeah. is still safe. And it's not up to Health Canada to keep the marijuana out of the hands of kids. It's up to us parents to do that ourselves. That's true. I agree. So I think it's a bit of overkill. And the product has been really dry. Uh, Eighty, I'd say 85, even 90% of the cannabis that I've received here has not been cured properly. The buds are crunchy. They break apart in your hands and turn yeah, to dust. But do. There's only one licensed producer who I'm truly impressed with, and that's Broken Coast Cannabis from out your way. Okay. Uh, they seem to, they have the highest quality weed on the legal market, and it's not dry and crunchy when it shows up, so they're curing it well. Nice. Uh, yeah. I wish the other guys could take some notes from them, maybe, you know? How true. I, I myself have experienced the same thing. I've gotten a lot of pretty crunchy, pretty brown looking, tiny little buds. Yes, and a lot of it, like you, some packages you open and, you know, there's two buds in a 3.5, which is great, but other ones, you know, there's a gram of stock and a whole bunch of shake, <laughs> right? <laughs> that so, is so true. I've gotten a lot of stock since legalization yeah. has occurred. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you're experiencing much the same thing, and you actually have had some times where you didn't have any supply. Yes, and you know, there's a, the only company that's giving me a steady supply is Canopy. Every week they tell me what's available, and okay. that same week I get the order. Uh, everyone else has been very sporadic, uh, or you know, they say, you know, here's your shipment now, and I don't think we'll have another shipment for three or four weeks. But let me get back to you. Okay. Or some com- some companies are even saying, uh, I don't know when we'll have stuff to ship to you, but I'll let you know. Wow. That's right. that's amazing. Like like somebody so, did something wrong yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, and the the thing about the cannabis industry is if you're trying to get the black market out of the picture, it, it that's never gonna happen with the with this quality no. of cannabis. And if you come to your dealer and one day he's got great weed that's twenty percent THC and then the next day you go back and all he has is ten percent THC <laughs> cannabis, you're not gonna continue to go there. You know, I need to have a steady supply of yeah. high THC cannabis. Yeah, of course in you stock do. at all times. And that's not gonna happen anytime soon, I don't think. No, and and it's shocking, you know, as I mean, for myself coming from the home of BC Bud, it's it's just shocking to see what the country has done with legalization is is not what I was envisioning, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. And I mean, uh you're you have an abundance of high quality quadruple A cannabis out there. And it's going on the black market for less than a thousand dollars a pound now, I'm yeah, understand. That's it. Yeah, so I mean it's true. Uh you know, I'm paying seven percent less than retail. Yeah. 
How am I, how am I, how am I going to compete? You know? That's right. Yeah. Those are pretty slim margins for you. And another thing I'm hearing from my customers is that, you know, everybody wants some CBD oil or a CBD tincture or something that has no THC in it. Okay. And I haven't, I haven't been able to get one single drop of that since opening. Is that right? Not one license. We deal with seven licensed producers here so far. That's how many the Newfoundland Liquor Corp has on board. Okay. And not not one of those producers, and they're all the big ones, you know, Aurora, Canopy, Afria, Cantrust, Eve, uh, Broken Coast. Not okay. one of these licensed producers has a just CBD oil available for the Newfoundland market. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, then, and then you have the... Uh, you have the Canada Post strike, so I'm getting people in the my shop who are saying my medical CBD oil has been stuck with Canada Post for over a week, and I'm almost out of my medicine, yeah. and I don't know where to get it. Yeah, and all I had to say is, well, the NLC hasn't got any available, so I'm sorry. You know, it is such a shame. You're absolutely right. It's not only the supplies that are the problem, but as you say, the delivery mechanism. It's just not working out really well. So, if you were to, if you were to gauge a success, is there enough success in in these last two months for you, Thomas? I think it's a success for me because I've been able to have myself and my wife and five of my closest friends employed, and I've been able to nice. pay the bills. From doing what I love. Okay, well, that's pretty. You know, that is uh, a success. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I'm not going to get rich at this margin, and I'm certainly not going to get rich off of one retail location yeah. in Portugal Cove. But I'll carve out a nice life for myself. Well, good and for you. I've got other things down the pipe. I have a I have a trademark called the, uh, the Wild Newfoundland Blueberry Cannabis Company. Wow, that's a cool name. I like that. And I'm uh, currently talking to three different licensed producers, and some of them are very interested in producing this uh, blueberry cannabis that I've been perfecting for a long time. Oh, nice. So uh, so hopefully if I can get a licensed producer to come on board, uh, I'll be growing wild Newfoundland blueberry cannabis and feeding it with uh, iceberg water from harvested icebergs from the coast of Newfoundland. And uh, it'll make it a sought-after craft product, I hope. It certainly sounds like it would be appealing to me, certainly. So uh, the blueberry strains that I'm going to pick out, like I've I've been growing uh, different types of blueberry cannabises now for a number of years. Okay. So uh, there's there's a blueberry hash plant and, and a blueberry bubble gum that I want to get on the market. And I'm actually talking with someone down here by the name of... Uh, Chris Snellen, who is a geneticist type of guy, who's okay. uh, going in, going in with the Memorial University to come up with cannabis genetics. And wow. so I want to have you know five different strains of blueberry, yeah, an indica, which would be over twenty two percent THC, a sativa that would be over twenty two percent THC, and uh, a balanced one, which would have say. 12 or 13 percent CBD and THC in it. Okay. So uh, the down in Newfoundland, you know, uh, the the horticultural section of Memorial University is uh, one of the best in the world. Yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be great to see now that they're actually investing in cannabis and having some professionals mm-hmm. from Israel and from Vancouver involved. It'll be interesting to see what type of strains that we can come up with here in Newfoundland. 
you've intrigued me that that all sounds just delicious. I love the fact that you're dealing with that over 20% THC on both the Indica and the Sativas. That, that, that sounds yeah, really because, nice. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what people want, right? Yeah. And if you truly want to carve out a piece of the recreational market in Canada or anywhere, for that matter, with can, with cannabis smokers, you need to have a good product. And the, the stuff I've seen so far, you know, there's a the chocolate fondue from DNA Genetics is really nice weed. That's a UK mm-hmm. cheese grass. Yeah. And other than that, other than that, I've, I haven't been impressed by anyone except for the Broken Coast stuff, which has uh, really impressed me. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the same thing about Broken Coast. So, well, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Back to the THC name now. Is her really your middle name? Well, you know, for the purposes of, of <laughs> the public eye, it is. Uh, let's, uh, my girlfriend likes to tell me that that's my stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, yeah. my middle name is actually George, but my friends have called me THC as long as I can remember. <laughs> I, I started selling cannabis in grade eight. Uh, of course. Uh, and, of I ha- course. and I have been ever since. <laughs> Right. And you're still at it. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of my friends who I've known for years come into the store and say, what are you at there, Thomas H. Clark? And they've <laughs> called me that for years, right? And it just became your name. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's very cool, Thomas. I like that. And now I understand, as I know that uh, my son did when I was, or when he was younger and growing up, he took from my stash on occasion. You didn't happen to take oh, yeah, anything from your dad growing up, did you? Oh, yeah. That's where I got my start as well. <laughs> you know, my dad always had a, a, let's call it a brick of Mexican compressed weed. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you can crack off a piece, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah and you'd hope and, he wouldn't uh, notice. Most, mostly growing, growing up in St. John's, most of us smoked hash growing up. Uh, okay. It was really more available, and the quality back then was way better than the weed. Of course, the weed yeah. has come a long way since then. It has, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, the Mexican compressed stuff and the tie stick we used to get, you know, and the uh, old Acapulco gold. Oh, that's yes. Not, uh, that's, not, that's not today's super hybrids, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually had a taste of Acapulco gold years and years ago, and it truly did live up to its name. <laughs> Yeah, and that you know, with the hash that we get on the East Coast is uh, is superb because it comes from the Middle East. Okay, and it's uh, you know you can't hold a candle to it. All that old water hash and bubble hash that everybody makes, yeah, uh, doesn't hold a candle to the to the stuff that comes out of the mountains of Afghanistan. That's for mm-hmm. sure. See, now you're making me just salivate <laughs> thinking uh, yes, of, uh, thinking of that uh, hashish. <laughs> Yes, and that's one thing I want to do uh, before I get too old to do it is I want to go to Morocco, and there's a certain town that's right in between the two mountains where they make all the Moroccan hash. Okay. And they say that, they say that you can smell it from 50 miles away in any direction, right? <laughs> so I think I'd like to take a pilgrimage there or Wouldn't that be lovely? I think you just put something <laughs> yeah, into my yeah. bucket list, too. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, Thomas. Yeah. So, Excellent. So yeah, that's about that's it. You know, uh, it's going to be tough to make any money at, at the markup, and you know, uh, uh, three hundred thousand dollars in sales. You know, that federal tax of a dollar. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of money I made for the government. A lot more than what my commission is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. Let me finish up with with what I call my hot seat questions, Thomas. Just to get your sure. kind of quick response to these questions. What's your favorite strain? Right now, I would say Death Bubba. Oh, Death Bubba. 
Excellent. I actually have, yeah. have some of that right now. I would tend to agree. Yeah, it's really good. Do you prefer joints or vaping? I prefer joints. Okay. And I like doing da- uh, dabs of concentrates as well. Oh, okay. I haven't got into the dabs. What's what's the biggest appeal for you to, for the dabs? Uh, well, it makes your ounce go a long way. If you got an ounce of weed and a gram of shatter and you do yeah. a dab, you're not going to smoke a joint for a number of hours where maybe without the dab, you would have smoked three or four joints. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe I should so, investigate uh, and, that. And, it gets, and, and I find this, uh, you know, flavor. I'm a flavor guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really flavorful. I got this one type that I've been smoking and it's a sour tangy and okay. it has extra terpenes put into it so it's really flavorful oh nice sounds delicious yeah speaking of delicious what's your yeah. favorite munchie my favorite munchie like food wise yeah or for a favorite edible oh well actually give me either one of those or both well i'll tell you what my mom makes a pecan pie that i could die for <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm thinking about buying a, a bottle of uh, cannabis oil and get her to throw that into the mix and have one of those for Christmas. <laughs> ah, that sounds really good. And you've, you've kind of answered yeah. one of my other questions, too, whether it's cake or pie. And if your mom makes a pecan pie, it's probably going to be pie, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And edibles or yeah. flour? Oh, flour, for sure. Edibles is a whole different ball game. It is. Uh, yeah. I find. Like, I, I, and even vaping, I don't I don't enjoy vaping. I don't get the satisfaction that I get with the smoke. Okay. okay. And, and from the edibles, I find this a completely different experience. Like, I, I use agree. Uh, and then the indica edibles for sleeping, but if you overdo it on the sativa edibles, man, oh, man, I get my heart races and I get full of anxiety and yeah. uh, and I have a hard time calming down, and that's not what I smoke weed for. <laughs> no, I agree wholeheartedly. Edibles is kind of the same thing for me. They haven't really done what I've been expecting them to, so the flower is still definitely my favorite. And my final one for you, Thomas, yeah. um, when, when you, since you are a joint man, you'll probably know this, when you have a run that's, that's burning on the joint, do you have a name for that run as it's, as it's heading down the joint? Out do west, I have a name for it? Yeah, out west, I've been told that it's called a canoe. Canoeing. A canoe, yeah, we've called the canoeing as well. Okay, there and, you go. Uh, we're just, and just saying uh, a run, yeah, but I guess a canoe. Yeah, see, I always called it a run, too. It was my son that introduced yeah. me to the term canoe, <laughs> but now I'm hearing more yeah, and more so, people yeah, use it. Yeah, I've always called it a run as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's an age thing. <laughs> yeah, and well, I've spent a lot of time traveling across Canada in my younger years, Yeah, and uh, from, from Toronto West, they say canoe. Okay, there you go. Now it's de facto. Yeah. We have proof from both <laughs> from both coasts now. Right now. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to have a chat with me, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Uh, your really interesting conversation and, and uh, lots of success for you, I hope, in what's happening with THC uh, distribution and, and all of your strains you want to bring to the market. Yeah, thanks very much, and I hope so too, and the future is bright. It is absolutely bright, at least. I mean, this is... You know, this is the biggest public policy shift of our time. It's true. And and even though there are problems with it, at least cannabis is legalized in Canada and you and I can smoke it without worrying about anything. Yes, that's great. Sounds good, Thomas. Take care. Enjoy your day. Cheers. THC, CBD, let's talk about the chemistry. Explain that strain. If you joined us on the last episode, you may remember that one of my sons had given a gift to me 
wanted me to go to the liquor store and he was going to pay for it, and I chose instead to order from the BC Cannabis Stores. I ordered 3.5 grams or an eighth of Broken Coast's Galliano. It took almost a week to get here, but it did arrive yesterday, and now here it is, Broken Coast Galliano. And I have to say that so far from the packaging I've seen, Broken Coast has been the best in that the packaging is appropriate to the size that I purchased, three and a half grams, and it is one of the tiniest packages I've got so far. Now let's pop the stamp, as we always do, to make sure that it is legal cannabis. And there's that stamp just popped. And we open it up. Another seal for protection on top of the actual jar. And once we pop that, then we get our first sniff of Galliano. And once again, in terms of the packaging, this is probably the best I've seen. Because this little package is filled to the top with three and a half grams of Galliano cannabis, which is a sativa strain and nice big buds. These are probably some of the biggest buds I've seen so far from the legal cannabis. Oh, oh and very nice smell. So the terpene profile for Broken Coast Galliano, there's six different terpenes that are associated with Galliano. There's caryophylline, humulene, limonene, linalool, myrcene, and pinene. Mm. And when you take a smell of it, you can get that fruitiness, the earthiness, a little bit of the pine scent from the pinene. Mmm, very, very sweet. It is so nice that they're giving us these terpene profiles for all of these various strains. Really helps to identify what this is likely to do for you. And this is looking like this is going to be a pretty good sativa. THC on this particular one is coming in at, where is that? There it is. 18.6% is the total THC. That smaller value, which none of us have figured out yet. That's 1.02% THC. And CBD, again, fairly low, 0.03% total and 0% CBD when the lower value is considered. Galliano's frosty, highly textured buds break up to release a complex and powerful terpene profile. Grounded by fresh and fruity notes, exhibiting a subtle natural sweetness on the exhale, this strain is best described as light, clean, and energetic. We put that to the test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> satisfies every single criteria we could think of there. Delightful taste, definitely an energetic feeling, a clean feeling. I'm liking Galliano by Broken Coast. Oh, looks like there might be somebody else who likes Galliano. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, that's the energy I need. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. You just never know who's going to show up in this cannabis-infused studio. <laughs> and that pretty well brings us to a conclusion for this episode, the pre-Christmas episode of the Cannabis Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we have got a whole bunch of different things lined up over the next few episodes. Next week, we are going to be talking with people from the city of Kelowna and the city of Penticton on each of their strategies for their cannabis retail outlets. We'll get some details on that. 
We're also looking to set up a whole bunch of interviews as we head into the new year. We're looking to speak with the people from the Tricom Institute. Hopefully we'll set something up for that in January. We've got Dana Larson lined up at some point as soon as he can free up a few moments in his busy, busy life. He's agreed to come on and be a guest. And we'll keep looking for interesting strains that we can sample and perhaps do some strain explain. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.